Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the first ever Muck and Meyer podcast. I am Brandon Fury here with Mr. Keith Glock. Glock, how you doing? I'm good, Fury. How you doing, man? I'm excited about this. I am absolutely thrilled. Been thinking about this all week. I'm ready to get started. Awesome. Well, I mean, listen, I'm happy that we could, uh, when you came to me with this uh, last week, uh, I feel like we've kind of thrown this together uh, pretty quickly. And I, I think that's really a credit to you. I mean, you know, we talked about it one night and by the, the middle of the next afternoon, we were kind of up and rolling and making plans for what we were going to do. So uh, I'll sh- I will continue to shamelessly plug it on the air. Uh, you can find this in Apple Podcasts, the Google Play Store, Spotify. Uh, we're waiting on Pandora, pretty much wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, subscribe, rate, review. Uh, and uh, we'll try to make sure that we get uh, not only this podcast on uh, every Monday, it'll drop, and uh, you know I'll throw up all the other full interviews there as well. But this is your show uh, as what we wanted it to be. So what, what can the listeners expect out of uh, not only this episode, but uh, the Muck and Meyer podcast? Yeah, so you can expect a deep dive into Montgomery basketball, uh, recapping the games from the prior week, um, and get an interview, hopefully every week. Today, we are very thankful to be joined by Ryan Curry, so please stay tuned for that. And we will also um, preview next week's games and finally have Bring the Fury, bringing it back from this football season, which is my favorite plays from the week. And we're... We're thrilled. We're absolutely thrilled. Thank you for listening, however you may be listening. Um, And so let's get into it. So we started the week on Tuesday. Um, Phillipsburg came to Montgomery and Thursday. We got it. Don't get don't get behind ourselves already, Fury. It was Thursday. Was it Thursday? It It was was Thursday. I'm thinking already ahead, but Thursday, Friday. Thursday, we had Phillipsburg 68 to 43 win. Curry, Rabio, and Prescott led the way. Curry had 19, Rabio had 17, and Prescott had 15. I kind of saw a, a slow start, which, you know, you can attribute to many things empty gym, uh, shorter offseason, um, and just first game jitters. Um, but then we really saw, I think, the potential of this basketball team. When things started to click, it was not even a matchup. Yeah, um, I mean, I'm not going to overthink any of this, too, you know, as we look back on that stuff. Like, this slow start, whatever. I mean, like, it's basketball, it's athletics. You know, people, in my opinion, too often view, like, oh, my goodness, Montgomery was uh, was was not – they didn't play very well in the first half. Like there's another team playing at the same time, you know, like it's not only about what you're doing. It's there are other people also trying to win the game. So it was probably a little bit from column A and a little bit from column B. Right. I, I, you know, but at the end of the day, you got a, a a six foot nine big man who, this is high school. You know what I mean? Like he might, he'll play a four or maybe even a three in college in high school, somebody with that skill level, who's that big, I mean, let's not, let's not overcomplicate things that that can cure a lot of problems <laughs> even yeah. when you're starting slow. And you can combine that with just 
the shooting we saw that it came from everywhere. We saw, obviously we, we don't have to get that deep into Ryan Curry. We've seen him for now, two years now. We know what he has to offer, but then JT Samborski expanding his role from last year. Now a starter, it comes with a lot, but knocking down threes from everywhere in both games, which we'll get into Bordentown in just a little bit, but also Josh Moore off the bench. Um, he, he was unbelievable. Gave some great minutes. Just everybody flying around on defense, leading to transition and really great shooting. Yeah, I mean, if Simborski is able to improve, you know, by a couple of notches as the season goes on, I think that really could be the biggest key uh, to this. Because, I mean, uh, everybody knows what they're getting with Curry and Rabio and Prescott, right? I mean, like that's – and it's not, I'm not trying to say that Simborski is going to be a, a more impactful scorer than any of those three guys. But other teams know what we know, right? So I don't know how many guys you can create a special plan for at any one given time before somebody else is standing there wide open. And if Simborski becomes the guy that – you know, can be that consistent, you know, guy that knocks down the extra pass. Uh, that's, I don't know how you defend that when you have three guys as talented as our top three are. So uh, to me, JT could be the key for the season. And, and Josh Moore, to what you had said, he provides something I think that Montgomery hasn't had in, a, in uh, at least a couple of years, which is that, you know, person to come in and handle the basketball when Curry's not in the game, or even when Curry is in the game and you just need him to, you know, rest a little bit while, while still on the floor. Um, you know, I think we we're spoiled brand. I mean, you, you play varsity athletics, you understand, you know, nobody in the booth or watching on the, on the internet cares that you're tired and they don't know how tired you are. All they want to know is that like, are you still dribbling the ball and not getting it stolen from you? Or are you still blocking the, the defensive end? You know, like they don't care that you're tired, but it just yeah. looks like Curry's never tired. <laughs> so, yeah, well, I mean, it's a that just shows how hard this group trains and, and works out in the summer. And we'll get into that later, definitely with Ryan Curry, their offseason. Again, please stay tuned for that. Very excited for it. So let's transition a little bit to Friday, which was a 64 to 36 Another, another dominating win against Bordentown. This, although, was a little opposite in terms of hot start. It looked like it was going to be ugly. Uh, I know you guys were saying this this could be a 95-point game for us. Um, slowed down a little bit in, in the second, maybe took the foot off the gas, or, again, there's another team on the floor. Right. I mean, they're they're playing basketball, too. They're they're trying to win the game, too. So but uh, again, Curry and Rabio, unbelievable. Prescott played a great game as well. Curry had 22. Rabio had 13 and Prescott had 10. That's the third straight game dating back to March 5th of 2020. Completely different world back then. But third straight game, all three in double figures. If, if we can keep this going and having three guys, it doesn't have to be those three, but having three guys in general in double figures, this team's going to be unstoppable. 
Well, I mean, if I had said that to you, you know, right now, if I say, all right, we have third say 13, 15 games left in this season. And in every single game, those three guys are going to score double figures. Would you be like that? That would sound very impressive, but would you be really, really shocked by that? I wouldn't. Yeah. I mean, no, I, 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 I agree. I don't think I'd, I'd be that shocked to see these three keep evolving and they all kind of, if you, you know, you watch it and they're all playing off each other, right? Curry drive. Now he can dump off or he can kick for a three to Prescott and dump off. Obviously I'm at to bio or Curry can take it himself. And that sort of triple threat is really unstoppable in it, it's, it, it's different when, you know, maybe you have two star point guards that want to do the same thing and then the big man or two, two big men and one star point guard, but having it at all three levels really, really can just, just kill opponents. Yeah. The, the distribution of talent over multiple positions, you know, coach Grundy and I talked about it uh, in the pregame show on Friday, uh, just how fortunate you are there that, you know, it's not like Russell Westbrook and James Harden on the same team where there's one right. basketball and, and they want to dominate, you know, both want to dominate the ball. Um, but I think to bring it full circle to what you had said, you know, as you introduced the Bordentown game, you know, like, oh, was it that they, they took their foot off the gas, whatever. I think that reason is why I wouldn't be surprised if all three of them scored double figures in every game because you saw in that game that the reason why Bordentown got back into it is because the pace and the tempo is just, like Montgomery just stopped playing at that pace. And they, they, you know, whether that was Montgomery just being lulled into playing more in the half court, or they just decided to, to slow down a little bit or just situationally it happened that way. But ultimately I think you saw when they run, when they press, when they employ that, matchup zone and that trap i mean boy it's like the points come fast it's and furious. a lot to handle yeah yeah and just also i think the biggest piece to that is how noah velocity can impact the game defensively maybe there, there's going to be a time when maybe we're not getting it from matt maybe we're not getting it from from curry or rabio and a guy like Noah Vlasic on the defensive end can impact the game. And that's where Curry gets running. And we saw that. And when, when Curry's running and they're all running, like you said, it's, it's an unstoppable team. And, and they haven't gotten very much out of Noah on the offensive side yet either. And it's not that he's, he's incapable. It's just, it hasn't gone that way yet. So, yeah. you know, in my opinion, you've put up nearly 70 in, in, the first two games of the season, I didn't think you played particularly well for the duration of the game in either game. And, you know, now granted you have a little less time to figure that out, you know, cause it's not this, the length of the season isn't what it used to be, but um, to me, that just bodes well, you know, you're going to get better, right? I mean, hopefully this team is too well yeah. coached to not get better as the season goes on. And the, the key minutes again, from, Josh Moore and JT Simborski to kind of take some of that pressure off the call it. You can probably call it the, the big three for now having that 
other element, the, the shooting from other guys, it, it can carry it can carry a game. Talk about how JT Simborski flipped the script in the Phillipsburg game. We were not that don't get it confused. That we were losing that game for a good chunk of the first first quarter. And then all of a sudden JT Simborski hits a couple threes and now it's a 20 point game. We look up. I think it's a combination of two things. Number one, the coaching staff uh, to instill in those guys, like, look, you're not just here to be a, a like a good looking chess piece. You know what I mean? That, that comes out here and, and distributes the basketball until it finds its itself in the hands of one of the big three, as you called them. Like you are out here because we know that that's the, the kind of player that you can be. So we need you to shoot. We need you to score, you know? So when you're 15, 16 years old, you know, I think that that can be a, a, a heady thing. You know what I mean? You, you really need to be a certain kind of personality. So that's where I, I think it's the combination of not only the coaches telling him that, but you have to be a certain a mentality to, to take that information, internalize it, and then go, okay, I believe what they are saying. I am, I'm going to shoot when I'm open. And it's very clear to me that JT has been a very coachable guy, even dating all the way back to last year. He, he has never shied away from taking a big shot in a big moment. And to specifically answer your question about uh, Phillipsburg on Thursday, he hit two humongous three-pointers, uh, you know, with didn't even bat an eye. You know what I mean? It was that, that kid looks like he is just calm as the day is long. And, you know, he might put up 40 or he might put up six and he's going to look exa- exactly the same, you know, and, and that to me, that kind of consistency, that's, that's not, um, it's not an everyday thing. I, I think that's a rare uh, skill set. And that, that like level headed mentality, that's key when, you know, you might get down by 15, but you, you also might be up by 15 and your mentality has to be the same. It's the same thing. Like whether he's going 40 or six, like if we're winning, we're two and oh, right. Though the points will come and you don't see anybody on this team playing selfishly. Um, they're all, they're all level-headed playing together, playing for each other. And I was very impressed by that in both games. Yeah. I mean, like, well, to put it in a football analogy, because we're, you know, we're still at the end of the NFL season here. How many times do you, you see a team, uh, you know, some teams are really good playing from behind. It seems, well, it seems like the chiefs can play any way they want in front behind doesn't really matter. <laughs> um, but you know, some teams are just better from behind and then, but they can't really seem to play with a lead because either the coaching staff gets conservative and you play, you know, that prevent defense prevents you from winning. And, and, you know, all that, I mean, geez, I'm an Atlanta Falcons fan. I, I don't know how many leads we have to blow 20 points <laughs> or more, including the Super Bowl. you know, before you realize like maybe we should change it up here. And instead of playing conservatively, you know, let's just keep playing. But, you know, like you said, this team feels like, you know, they can be comfortable doing it in, in either direction, just because the talent level dictates that if they want to, push the pace and push the tempo um, that's going to be difficult for other teams to deal with. No doubt. Um, I, I really just one, one more piece to that. If, if we can get Ari and Gordy going, 
that that I think can be a huge, huge piece because as dominant as Rabio is inside, if you can allow him to space the floor and then have that presence inside, because you lose Linas from last year, yeah, and he he pulled down some rebounds. So if you can insert Gordy there, that can really open things up as well. Yeah, Gordy's a guy that, I mean, clearly you have to take one look at him to realize how important he could be, how impactful he could be, you know, again, to bring in a six foot nine player off the bench. There's not that many teams that have that kind of luxury in, in high school athletics. But to me, watching Gordy is like, he needs to just figure out where, like where he is in terms of getting himself under control you know, because like at times it looks like he's that, that guy with all this potential that like just is either going a thousand miles an hour or is one half, you know, half second away from processing something fast enough to then react like, and he's still trying to find that middle ground where he's under control when he needs to be and hits the accelerator when he needs to. And I think when he finds that balance, um, he is going to be a really, really impactful player. And, and I don't even mean scoring the basketball because that's what everybody looks to for. How many points did he have? Like, I don't even want on this team Gordy to be an impactful point scorer because that means something else is going wrong. Like, I just want him to like be where he needs to be to pull down that rebound that you were talking about to be the backside help defender who comes over. If Rabio, you know, runs out on a shooter because of just the nature of that matchup zone that they play and then now whoever drives into the lane has to deal with another huge body, you yeah. know, and, and if Gordy can put that all together and be where he needs to be when he needs to be there and under control, watch out. Cause that, that can kind of wear down an opponent opponent when, all right, you get by Rabio, but then, Oh, there's another one right there that you have to shoot over. Right. It, that, that can wear down an opponent. Oh, I mean, well, think you watch the NBA enough, right? Steph Curry has changed the way that basketball is played, right? I mean, me, you know, metrics of a three-pointer have told everybody that we'd rather you shoot threes than twos unless they're layups. So you're trying to shoot a three, Rabio runs out. So now you pump fake and drive into the lane. So we're, you know, by proxy looking for a layup. And now six foot nine is standing in front of you. So now maybe you have to pull up from the foul line. Just yeah. from a pure analytics standpoint, uh, yeah, I think that wears on you that you don't really <laughs> want to drive into the lane. I, you have to stop at the foul line and take an elbow jumper right. before, you know, yeah, I, I think you're right on the money, Bren. So we're going to transition here um, before we get into that interview with, again, point guard Ryan Curry. So stay tuned for that. Surprise of the week for me is going to have to be Matt Prescott. Um, he is he looks like a completely different person. Yeah. <laughs> that says it all. Um, just the ability that now he can kind of have be, just be a more physical presence on offense and defense. Um, now he, that, that can change a lot of things. The scouting report was okay. Get up in his face and then don't let him shoot. But now he can, blow by you and be physical in the lane like that 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 can be kind of scary 
for the podcast only listeners, I was flexing there, which nobody wants to see ever. Um, that's what Fury was referring to. But yeah, no, you make a great point. I mean, just the, uh, you know, we had joked about it, uh, what Sarah Samad had, has done with, uh, you know, with those guys over the summer working on strength and conditioning is no, is no joke. So even though we joke about it, it is no joke. Um, he has remade his body, his, but I think he, he has kept that same very calm mentality. It, 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 he's another one, uh, maybe kind of like Simborski that it doesn't look like his pulse ever gets, you know, above 85, you yeah. know, and no matter what, whether he's dribbling, playing defense, shooting the basketball, it all just looks like it flows together. And, uh, you know, now, I mean, dude, you, you know, it. you play one of the most physical positions in, in all of sports. If, if you can, if you're stronger than the other guy, that, it's that's not pretty much you. where it's at. No, <laughs> that's it. Um, yeah. Uh, that, that work he put in unbelievable, uh, kind of an honorable mention to that sort of surprise of the week. Josh Moore, again, unbelievable player. Uh, and he's got a bright future. Kind of going to segue into the just some other takeaways from this week. I saw a fast team. I, in when we're fast, we're unstoppable. Agree. Play play fast. Play up tempo. Run the trap. And I, I think you have success. Uh, I don't even know that we need to talk all that much yeah. crazy more about it because I think that it's that simple. And with that, obviously the coaching staff becomes important because knowing when you have opportunities to give those guys rest, whether it's in game or end of game so that you can save them for, for what's coming. Um, but again, we have, we have such a luxury at Montgomery with the coaching staff, like, you know, decisions related to coaching are not a thing that we have ever had to worry about for the last yeah. decade and a half, because it seems like coach Grundy and, and coach Mullers and coach Basford are, very in tune to what's going on and they just push all the right buttons. So yeah. I, I don't even, it's not even a, something I worry about. Yeah. And finally, um, not a surprise at all. Uh, Rubio's a beast and a problem on both sides of the ball. Uh, uh, just uh, unbelievable what he's doing right now. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's ev looks every bit, the the Patriot League player that he is committed to be, you know, at Lafayette. Um, I, I think we've seen, you know, just comparing his play from a season ago and two seasons ago to what it is now, just his assertiveness in the paint, uh, his uh, he's getting to the spots where he wants to be rather than him being trying to get where he wants to be and being moved by somebody else. Um, I think that is, that's certainly a skill set uh, that, that he has developed um, and he's just gotten stronger and savvier. Uh, you know, I mean, there's a shock, right? The, the kid has grown up over four <laughs> years, you know, <laughs> yeah. you know, but I mean, I, I really think that that's what it is. And, and, you know, quite frankly, I would be uh, real nervous if he wasn't doing that, you know what I mean? Because that's really what he should be doing. And yeah. right now, and, and that's tough for Chris, right? I mean, like, what kind of uh, expectation level are we setting for him? We're like, oh, yeah, bro. Yeah, he's just dominant, but he should be dominant. Like, that's, 15, that's almost 15, unfair. 15, 10, couple blocks every game. That's just what we expect now. But you know what? I mean, you know, unfair or not, you know what I say to that is heavy lies the crown, man. 
if you're a division one basketball player and you're almost six foot 10, you should be dominating in high school. And I'm just happy he's on our team because he is dominating. <laughs> he's doing it. I mean, he's putting yeah. up 15, 10 and three or four or five blocks. I mean, he's doing it. So we'll get into bring the fury that's coming up next. And still to come, we have the interview with Ryan Curry, uh, Montgomery's star point guard. So stay tuned for that. Curry splits the double, athletic left-hand layup, and the and-one finish. Speaking of another and-one finish, Chris Rabio throwing it down from Ryan Curry. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Bring the Fury. We are now going to bring in Montgomery's star point guard, Ryan Curry, for the Muck and Myers' first ever interview. Ryan Curry is now joining us for the first ever Muck and Meyer podcast first interview ryan thanks for coming on thank you for having me so we wanted to start with um asking you how different things have been with we know obviously uh the team works very hard in the summer putting a lot of time in uh early mornings and everything like that how being at van horn and be, not being just in the comfort of, you know, your own gym. How has that impacted you guys? Yeah, I mean, the summer was cut in half. It wasn't the whole summer where we start. We don't have Princeton team camp. We don't have St. Joe's. We have to watch the weather at night. We have to watch the weather in the morning. We wake up at 6 in the morning, see there's, wet, there's uh, rain at 7 o'clock, so we try to go earlier to get it in. I mean, just a bunch of crazy stuff. It's 90 degrees one day, and it's just been a whole change that no one was expecting, but we all did. We all kind of stuck together. So we went to Van Horn like every three days, stayed for Coach Grundy's camp sometimes. So, I mean, it was still that family feel, family summer environment. It was just a little different that we were in the gym, but we were at a park, and it kind of felt good because it felt like a little more of a grind. That – kind of led into where I was going to go next, how like that can almost in a way be harder for you guys. And, you know, dealing with things that you never had to deal with ever just being in a whole new element. Yeah, definitely. Usually we're in a nice air conditioned gym, but now we're at 90 degrees doing coach Gurney's workouts. And uh, if you ever pass the gym, you see coach Gurney's workouts aren't too easy. So uh, we've definitely had some people sitting out, laying down, during things, including myself one time, uh, a lot of people throwing up and it was, it was interesting year. So it definitely got you guys ready for this oddly shortened season with a couple of rule changes. Um, no playoffs, I think is the biggest thing to start with as any athlete at any level, the thing you're playing for is now not there. How does that sort of change the mentality? Because what are you what are you playing for, you know? Yeah, I mean, we play two games and we only have 13 remaining. I mean, it's kind of like a we know our end. And uh, we kind of just playing for each other every day. Coach says it's just us because, as you guys probably know, we're not going to school, we're quarantined, not seeing anybody. So, I mean, it really just brings this family together kind of more than ever. It's literally just us. We go out to, we hang out together on the weekends. We 
play basketball every day together, talk to each other, get in the game together. It's just really us, and it sucks that it's shortened, but we're just super excited that we have something. So yeah, better than nothing. So in that, I know you and I have, you know, talked about like off the air, um, how in basketball it's, you know, the longer season you can get away with one here or there. And, you know, like in football, you lose one or two and, and that's really it. Like now you're fighting to win out. And like you said, the 15 game season, like, that that's just that's a short season definitely um uh, my freshman year i remember we lost at home to ridge and the team kind of had well we were ranked at that time i think number like 24 25 in the state and we had time to bounce back we had time to regroup we had time to do this and this and that but this year we really don't there's really no room for error we just got to keep going because we have a nice like three game at the end of the year for like a skyline conference championship and those rankings are based on these games and we can move down so we can play not the better teams and the worst teams. So we really have no room for error at all. So we just got to keep grinding, stay together and don't lose games. <laughs> so going back to uh, the first game of the week, Phillipsburg, uh, big second half from you. What was going on in the first half? Uh, only scoring five. Um but then second half, you come out and you put 14 and really just open the whole game wide open. Uh, coach said I had a pretty good halftime speech, called me out, says, I need you to be that guy. So that kind of really woke me up. I, he said I was getting the ping at, at ease at will. So I really thought about that. And uh, in the second half, I realized how much holes were opening up when I was getting into the hit getting into the lane. So I realized I could have the driving kick wide open. And once that started going, which it did to Matt Prescott, he started to get going. So it made everything a little easier. I could either dump off for bio or take it myself. So I feel like once Matt started hitting shots, everything started opening up. Cause I was just, I feel like I was getting into the lane at will. And then I feel like a game started to come together with all three of us, all five of us flying in all cylinders. Yeah, and, and that's another thing I know you and I have talked about a lot, just you being aggressive. You, we've, we've all seen the, the highlight passes and we know you're an unselfish basketball player, but when's that, you know, almost like clock in your head where you, I know there's no shot clock in high school, but when's the time where you're like, okay, I got to go now. Uh, I feel like the best, I was watching the Meyer back actually after the Bordentown game and Mr. Glock and Mr. Bartholomew were talking about someone needs to stop a run right now. And I feel like whenever someone's, the game's getting close or we're playing bad, I feel like if someone's got to step up and I feel like that's most of the times me or Chris or Matt. So I feel like I, whenever the game's kind of slowing down and we're not dictating our own tempo, someone's got to step up and get a bucket for us. Pogue is going to be mad at you that uh, you just confused Bartholomew with him, but because that was all a Pogue point. But, uh, you know, I I recall, you know, thinking that I was happy you brought that up just now that like it it certainly felt watching that game that starting we felt like with that three pointer on the uh, on the far side of the gym there that 
you just had kind of kicked it into overdrive. Do you consciously feel that out on the court? Cause like then, it, you know, it seemed like the play right after that, you know, you almost came up with a steal and then that actually led to a steal with them throwing it away and it ended in an easy bucket, like momentum, just like woof, off the table from there. Are you consciously thinking that in the moment? Yeah, definitely. I, I feel like in the Phillipsburg game, I know it's a little topic, but in the Phillipsburg game, when we had them where we wanted them, I was telling everyone, smell that blood, smell that blood. I mean, when we have that chance to put them away, I'm usually up and screaming, up and super hyped because I don't want to play around with these teams necessarily. I want to, yeah, we have to get done, don't keep it close. So I feel like me hitting that three was big because that provided energy. The bench got loud. The bench was super important for us since it's an own gym or empty gym. So once I heard the bench going crazy, I'm like, all right, this is the time to put them away. And then when I went for that seal, I thought I had it, didn't have it. And then Matt Prescott, I think, or Josh Moore got the next one. And then I think we got an easy layup to Josh, and that really just started picking it up from there. How has it been uh, playing with Josh Moore as a freshman? Because, you know, what feels like not too long ago, you were kind of that spark plug freshman on a very, very, very good team. How, how is it playing with Josh? Uh, it's great. He's going to be really, really good. Uh, He's a ball player. Uh, he's a little bit on the quiet side, but Phillipsburg, I finally got to see that he he has it in him. He has that dog in him. He he missed a three, and I heard him definitely. And he was he was getting ready. And then the next play, I was, I told him we got him. Pick it up. Like we'll pick him up. And the next play, he hits a huge three for us. So I mean, he he has that killer instinct in him. He wants to be good. He wants this badly. And it was a big shock because I. Saw him being quiet the first practices, but in the game, he's a totally different person. He has that mindset that he wants to do good. That sort of mindset can definitely, uh, I feel like, spark up the entire team, just especially as a younger player. As an older guy, you kind of see that, and that'll definitely rise your level of play, right? Yeah, definitely. I mean, we see a younger kid that might not know it, family's all about because he just got in without the whole summer but when we see he's as uh dived in as he is what we saw against Phillipsburg it's really feels good for us that we have that guy that we can always rely on so to transition a little bit here speaking of when we were uh maybe coming up as an eighth grader a ninth grader there's been a fraternity of great point guards at Montgomery. Um, what are you modeling your game after anyone in particular? Cause the list goes on or are you kind of just picking from all of them? Uh, and... I learned from all of them. I remember in eighth grade, I don't, I knew Chase Tall, but I didn't know him really well, but like eighth grade, I saw him at an open gym. He pulled me aside and said, it's kind of my time coming up. Be ready. Matt Remsen stopped into the gym, was telling me, everyone, whenever a point guard comes in, they always pull me aside and give me pointers. But uh, Riley Green is a huge help for me. He's been mentoring me for a while. Same with like Joe Cohen my freshman year. But Riley, I work out with him almost every day in the summer still. He's still a huge part of me. So, I mean, I kind of take advice from everyone, but I'd say I'm out of the game after myself. I feel like I differ in a lot of areas, but I always take that advice from everybody. Yeah, and how does that, all of them, like, pulling you aside, what does that speak to about family and 
what that means to you. Yeah, I mean, I was completely took by surprise that Chase Talek knew me in eighth grade. I mean, he was the kid I watched. I watched him growing up, like, all the time, and I thought he was, like, the best player ever with all the things he did. Cause I, wa- I came to, like, every game when I was younger. So, I mean, to him pull me aside, like, my first open gym coming to eighth grade, it was like, wow, like, family really does never graduate. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Ryan. Uh, we really appreciate it, and hopefully we can uh, sit down and do this again in the future. Yeah, definitely. Thank you for having me. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Montgomery's star junior point guard, Ryan Curry. And to preview next week, finally, we got Ridge, fingers crossed, on Tuesday. And then we come back home and we have Bridgewater. Um, Two teams that kind of like a Phillipsburg, like, I don't care if you're up, they're not going to quit. And if you're down, don't expect them to let you back into it. Mother Nature's frozen tears are gonna may may affect our our uh, schedule for this week. Uh, we just got. I have no clue uh, as we tape this on Sunday uh, whether we're going to be able to play on Tuesday or not. Um, you know because we just found out that we're going to be uh, vir- all fully virtual uh, Monday and Tuesday. Which, by the way, is there a better thing? Like you want to talk about positives that have come out of the pandemic that we might never have a snow day ever again. Cause I want, I am personally, I hate the cold, hate it. I want to be off Memorial day weekend, baby. Give me six days every year, <laughs> Memorial day. Let's go. So yeah. anyway, that's, that's no, I, no doubt. Um, so yeah, definitely fingers crossed for that. And just as we wrap up here, I, I got to ask you, this is going to be the next time we're shooting this. Probably three hours away from the Super Bowl. Who you have? Oh well, see, th- this is a, a a tough topic for me because last year we did like a seven or eight minute Super Bowl picks thing, and I had like this big theory lined up that, uh, and actually this wasn't last year. This was the uh, the Patriots Rams uh, Super Bowl, and uh, I thought I had a great take on it, and like I was like the Rams are going to win by two touchdowns and that just clearly fell on its face um i have to admit my bias because as i said i'm a a diehard atlanta falcons fan more than any human being in new jersey should be so i hate the bucks and clearly i have i have a ton of respect for tom brady because if you don't have respect for tom brady then you're an idiot um but i dislike what happened in the super bowl a couple of years ago uh so uh i certainly am rooting very hard for the chiefs and luckily i i think that they have um probably the savviest play designer uh, maybe it, it, you know in the history of football in andy reed as a head coach and they have a guy that maybe before long uh and maybe sooner than everybody thinks we might be talking about as the best quarterback to ever play football. Um, oh yeah. You know, if he, if he wins the Super Bowl this year for back-to-back years. So the guy uh, has played three seasons as a starter, throws 50 touchdowns, wins the MVP, doesn't go to the Super Bowl because a defensive end has his pinky lined up in the neutral zone on a play where Tom Brady throws an interception. Yeah. But so the, and then the Patriots get the ball back and get to uh, win the game in overtime 
where, by the way, Patrick Mahomes didn't, didn't even touch the ball in overtime. Yeah. So, you know, that was just a coin flip luck. Then he goes back and wins the Super Bowl in year two, has him back in the Super Bowl in year three, and really only lost one game all season because he was on, he was, you know, taking a vacation in week 16 <laughs> or week 17 when, because they had already everything sewed up. So, you know, he wins this one, you know. You take down Brady. Look out. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't, I quite frankly don't think it's going to be close. I think the Chiefs are going to take it if the, if the chief the chiefs have yet to play their best football and they're in the super bowl like you said call it one loss i can't see them losing i mean i can't see them winning by more than uh, by less than two touchdowns you know i, I just think you have well you know what we well i know you're right we won't have a podcast until then but like i don't know i just think uh even if you double team Kelsey and Tyree kill uh, there's other guys like they yeah. have, they have so much. And the, and the back end of their defense is really underrated. Their yeah. corners can straight up cover guys. And you know, that's, uh, that's hard to deal with. Yeah, no doubt. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening. This has been the first of hopefully many muck and meyer podcasts with that i'm brandon fury with mr keith glock thank you for listening we'll see you next monday that was another edition of the meyer's very own muck and meyer podcast where you can subscribe on apple music spotify or youtube or wherever else you may get your podcasts we'll see you next week thank you